Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to A Little Wiser. This is Erica Gerard. I'm the producer of All the Wiser. And I'm here with our illustrious host, Kimmy Culp. How's your quarantine going? Quarantine is, um, you know, treading along, uh, homeschooling three children and cooking a lot, um, mask mandate today. So, you know, just looking for bandanas. Oh, so you're making masks for the household. Well, I haven't, I've only found one bandana so far, but apparently the mayor said that now everyone should wear homemade masks. All right. So you're cooking more, you're homeschooling. The other day, someone asked me a great question and I'm going to ask it to you. What is one thing that you've learned about someone you live with that you didn't know before? I did not know that Graham was, um, capable of preparing family meals. <laughs> How nice. Yes. And the kids like that a six-year-old could actually scrub a toilet when asked to. So yeah, there has been, I did not know that Essie could scrub a toilet and I did not know that Graham could cook a full meal until um, about a week ago. That gives me a whole new line of questions to ask, <laughs> but I'm going to refrain. Okay. So Erica, what I want to know from you is what are the three key things that are getting you through the quarantine and this current time? I would say taking long walks outside with my dog, gardening, and elastic pants. The elastic pants uh, could not be more true. I mean, mine are barely fitting me at the moment, but. Are you still wearing button pants? Um, I, I currently am in a pair of button pants, but I don't know how much longer I have. <laughs> so we're going to do something a little different. I'm saying different. We've done these mini episodes <laughs> twice, <laughs> but because of the current situation that we are all in, we are going to check in with our guest from last week, Preston Gorman. And the reason why, for those of you who haven't listened, is that Preston survived the Ebola outbreak, which was five years ago. It's literally the five-year anniversary um, of him surviving that virus. So we're going to give Preston a call and check in on him, see how he's doing. Hello. Hello, Preston. And I have uh, my producer, Erica Gerard. You've yet to meet. Hey, hi, Erica. Hi, Preston. I feel like I know you, even though I don't. It's great to meet you. <laughs> Good to meet you, too. So, um, Preston, thank you for taking the time. Um, you're in Austin, Texas right now, and we're calling you from L.A., and obviously, it's a heightened time for everyone in the world, but I know, or I'm assuming, especially a heightened time for you. Um, so first of all, how, how are you doing, Preston? 
You know, it's been a, it's honestly been a challenging time. I mean, this has been this is exactly the five year kind of anniversary, kind of this whole month of all the stuff I went through. You know, overall managing well, but it's it's been a challenge to have to kind of face in the middle of this. It's kind of like it just reminds me of a lot of things I went through for sure. And especially seeing Dr. Fauci on TV every day, well, he was my doctor. So that's a little surreal as well. Yeah, you know, I wondered that because you had sent us a photo of you and Dr. Fauci. And Dr. Fauci came into my room in a moon suit every day. I saw Dr. Fauci every day for a month in my hospital bed. You know, um, he would come in and talk to me. And I think he was more just kind of overseeing. But Dr. Davey was the primary treating physician. You know, I want to make sure credit is given where credit is due. So. Dr. Davey, primary treating physician, but Dr. Fauci was kind of – Dr. Fauci is his boss. So, I mean, that's kind of the the hierarchy there. In many ways, Preston, I feel like you are more equipped to handle this pandemic than, than the rest of us in terms of finding ways to – stay calm and sane throughout all of the the uncertainty. And I'm wondering if you might share with us your top three tips for staying sane in a quarantine. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, So here would be my tips. Um, For one, you've got to hold on to hope. I think one of the things that kept me alive was – I don't think I ever mentally gave up. I always held out hope that, yeah, this could be bad, but I just if I can just get to the other side. So really holding on to that hope, or, or if you want to call it optimism, something along those lines, you've got to have that. I think that's really, really key. The second is try to find either humor or happiness in the little things. I remember uh, one of the nurses that came into my room. This is when I was still in Africa. This is before I'd been transported to the United States. A nurse came in to take care of me. Um, and at that point, of course, I'd already been diagnosed. I was already in isolation. I was, you know, everybody was in moon suits taking care of me. So I was in full isolation. And this nurse, he had finished doing whatever his tasks were for me. And he said, is there anything else I can get you? And I said back to him, how about a cold beer? And it was just a joke between the two of us. And he laughed and I laughed. But in the middle of a grave situation, I think being able to just find some humor and lightness, even in the such, even in catastrophe, was was helpful. And then the third thing is, and this wasn't possible for me until after I got to the United States, and really until af- after I got off the ventilator. So um, that's one caveat. But staying in touch with your family and friends. As soon as I came off the ventilator, I was able to at least talk on the phone with my friends and family and connect with them. And that was a huge source of strength for me. So the three things would be hold on to hope, find humor and lightness. And finding humor and lightness in the, in the midst of kind of tragedy doesn't mean – it doesn't mean you're not facing the tragedy. It doesn't have to be an unhealthy coping mechanism is what I'm saying. It can be a nice boost before you have to go back and face some more of the darkness. And three is staying connected. If you can stay connected to friends and family, and that's difficult to do when you're isolation, but you can do FaceTime, you can do voice calls, you can, any way you can stay connected because the problem with isolation is that it, it, it divorces you from those human interactions that help you to feel sane. 
And so you've got to find ways to stay connected both to others and yourself. And that, that's a challenge, and it takes work, and it takes effort, but you have to try. And, Preston, what, if any, advice would you have to somebody um, who is, is sick or someone they love is sick or, you know, they're, they're coming and, you know, they're, they're in the thick of it? So this is what I would say, and, and it's, it may depend on the level of sickness. You know, some people are going to get sick and have very mild symptoms, and then some are going to be in the hospital on a ventilator. So... I think some of what I'm saying is probably a little more applicable if they end up with a severe kind of hospitalization, but but it could apply if they have more mild illness. You've got to remember that coming out of this illness, they're probably going to be a different person because now they've had this experience where they had to experience fear and terror and uncertainty in ways a lot of people don't. So try to be compassionate towards your loved one because when the illness is over, and particularly if they had to be hospitalized for a prolonged period of time, that's disorienting. And you've got to remember that their healing process from that ordeal may take longer than the physical healing that you will see probably very quickly. Physical healing will probably be relatively quick there very well may be a mental component that takes longer. There's a psychological thing that happens with this. And so try to be gentle towards your, your loved one. Try to be understanding. Try not to rush them to feel normal again. And, and most of all, try to ask them what it is they need. Let them tell you what they need so that you can connect to them in authentic and meaningful ways. That was one of the things that struck me so much in your interview, Preston, was the the way that you describe your invisible wounds. Your message came across loud and clear in terms of what a loved one needs to do and being compassionate and being patient with, with the person. Do you have any other tips or insights for people who have recovered from this illness and what they can do to move forward? So I think finding a support group is really important, and that's that's how I found it. I have a suspicion that after this pandemic, after once we get to the side of it, we may actually see groups, support groups pop up for survivors of this, which I think would be great. Um, but you've got to find a place, whether it's for me, it was Al-Anon, but you have to find a place where you feel understood. I love that idea of people coming together and forming groups to support each other in the wake of this. Uh, I, I mean, think I, uh, that would be a beautiful thing to happen for the survivors who come out of this because there's a lot of people who are going through or will go through a lot of trauma. and shit. Right. A lot of people are going to experience a lot of trauma. And, I mean, if, if I had had a support group, if one of the sort of difficulties of my ordeal was there was no one else. I mean, there's no one else that had been, at least in my country. Now, had I been in Sierra Leone, I would have had a company of people that could have identified. But I didn't have that. But I think the the if you can say there's a silver lining to this pandemic is that there's going to be more than one person that has this happen to them. So hopefully there will be maybe groups or things that pop up that can help people process this for themselves and, and, and places where they don't feel so misunderstood because there's going to be other people that have experienced this. And so I, I hope that support groups do end up forming out of this. 
Preston, what what is uh, your your biggest message to the world right now and to our listeners? So, I think my message actually uh, could be encapsulated in a quote by uh, a, a military guy. His name is James Bond Stockdale, and his quote is this: "You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end." which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. And what I would want my listeners to know is I want you to hold on to hope. But holding on to hope doesn't mean that reality, what you're facing, isn't difficult, because it is. It it may be ridiculously difficult, but you can hold on to hope and face that difficulty in the same time. You don't have to some people operate in two extremes. They, they're Pollyanna, and they're all hope, and they don't want to face reality. And then the other extreme is you're all doom and gloom. You can do both. And I know that if if I can walk through what I walk through, then you can too. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take holding on to that hope and having the grit to face your circumstances. But it can be done. Beautiful words, Preston, and much needed at this time. So, um Thank you for making the time to be on the podcast and then for jumping on the phone with us um, again tonight. And we are sending love to you in Austin. I appreciate thank it. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Kimmy, who do we have on tap? next week. Next week's interview is with Zach Ibrahim. And his story is extraordinary. He grew up in America, the son of a famous terrorist. At seven years old, his father was involved in plotting and and planning the assassination of the head of the Jewish Defense League, and would ultimately be involved in the bombing of the World Trade Center. Zach moved, I think, close to 20 times, changed his name, and lived with the secret that his father was this famous terrorist. And in spite of growing up in a world filled with hate, Zach is a loving, empathetic, funny, charismatic person. And I can't wait for you to meet him. He has an unbelievable story and a lot to share with us. And I feel like we have a lot in common because in rapid fire, I learned that we both love the F word and we also both love playing cornhole. So we could like totally hang out. (laughs) Well, we'll look forward to next week's story with Zach. And thank you, our dear listeners, for all of your comments. We read them all and they mean so much to us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe, stay sane and stay connected. Is there, yeah. wait, there's a bunch oh, of background hold on. noise. I'm recording, honey. Okay, you're making tea? Yeah. Okay, can you just hurry up? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you have to include <laughs> Can you just hurry up? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.